Shri Guru Vashtha Guru Parampara ki jai Shri Shri Gaurada Madhava ki jai Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai Gaur Premanande So we're continuing our discussion on the nature of Baba Bhakti and we discussed several verses um, explaining the rarity of its attainment, how it is the goal of sadhana bhakti, and in our last discussion, I believe we heard the definition of bhava bhakti. Hmm. Bhava bhakti is the second after sadhana bhakti of three uh, forms or expressions of bhakti. Third, of course, is prema bhakti, and we heard that Bhava is a ray of the sun of Prem, dawning in the heart of the devotee. We had devotee, we had some extensive discussion of that. What comes next in the chapter, now we're in the chapter on Bhava Bhakti since since it has been defined. Um, we come to the next section in which it describes how Bhava Bhakti is attained. Of course, we know already it's attained by sadhana bhakti. Hmm. But um, here, Rupa Goswami says that it's attained in two ways. Sadhanani, sadhanabhi, niveshena. It's always hard for me to pronounce that word. <laughs> and prasadenati danyanam. These are two words from his uh, text here that describe the two ways in which this Baba Bhakti is attained. One, by sadhana, and two, by here, danya. Ati danyanam. Prasad. So, by mercy. Mm. He will go on to explain that the way of sadhana hmm, and the way of attaining through mercy pertain to two types of bhakti, that is, bhakti bhakti and rag bhakti. So each has its own bhava. Hmm. Furthermore, he will go on to explain that with regard to the attainment by mercy, that it can be attained by the mercy of Bhagawan or by the mercy of a devotee. With regard to Krishna's mercy, it comes in three forms. In the form of his giving a verbal blessing, the form of his just being by his presence, and also by way of his making that bhava manifest in the heart without appearing before the devotee, without saying anything. So by words, by presence, and from within the heart. And um, so we have two types of bhakti, rag bhakti, bhakti bhakti. We have two means attaining, for attaining rati or bhava, by mercy or by sadhana. With regard to mercy, there are two types by the Lord or by Bhagawan and with regard to the Lord's mercy there it comes in three different ways hmm. and here we find in this verse that with regard to the two basic distinctions in terms of how this rati is attained sadhana and mercy Rupa Goswami says that the way of sadhana is the norm and the way by mercy is rare or exception. Sometimes devotees wonder about this, where's the division between the mercy and the, and the sadhana? Because obviously uh, the sadhana requires mercy as well. Mm-hmm. And Rupa Goswami will give ex- examples for all of these uh, divisions that we've discussed, mentioned, I should say. Um, but the basic difference between the 
way of mercy and the way of sadhana, the latter, again, being the norm and the former being rare, is that without any sadhana, hmm, they appear in one, or so it would appear. Hmm. <laughs> because he also makes the point, hmm, uh, I think twice in this section, that, that um, well, here he says, atidanyanam, with regard to danyanam, or great, ati means great, or excessive, excessive favor, grace, um, he says, persons become atidanyanam by prior association. So, by apparently no sadhana, but at the same time by prior association. So it means by previous lifetimes. Hmm. Um, whether they did sadhana then or not, who can, who can say? But um, the basic idea is that without any appearance of sadhana per se, a great person, a, per, a person attains bhava. Hmm. But again, previous lives are in play also. Hmm. So that just serves to emphasize the point that sadhana is the norm and we should not lead our life in devotional service based on the idea that we will attain perfection by mercy any more than we should lead our life with the uh, idea that we will win the lottery and that will solve our problems and we shouldn't work in the meantime. Hmm. That would be quite foolish. Hmm. So sadhana is the norm. And about the sadhana, he, he says here, sadhana biniveshena. So um, it, it, it means to be absorbed in sadhana. So by absorption in sadhana, this is possible. And absorption in sadhana, all the commentators have said, refers to a stage in bhakti that we emphasize often as the interim goal, that is, nishta. Hmm. This is indeed what Mahabharu himself has said in Shikshastakam, in the third verse, where this uh, stage of nishta, firm faith, conviction, commitment, uh, we discussed it somewhere we were discussing this, I guess maybe in Hillsborough. Ah, uh, yeah, now I recall. Um, the, um, that Mahabrabhu um, um, has prefaced his, well, Krishna Das Kaviraj uh, prefaces the, the, the mention of the verse in succession, the third verse of Shikshastakam, with words of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu through his pen that uh, um, uh, more or less say and emphasize that the chanting, which is his, the method, as we know, to his math, madness, Namsan Kirtan, his divine madness, chanting with this verse uh, worn really as a garland around one's neck. Hmm? Krishnadas makes this point in Chaitanya Charitamrita also. I had mentioned in our discussion previously in Hillsborough that um, that the third verse of Shikshastakam, important as it is, let's recite it, Trinadapi sunichena turodapi sahishnuna amanina manadena kirtaniya sadahari. So I noticed one person in the room didn't know, so all of you are failure. You have not taught. If you didn't know, so find out who that is and teach. I'll give you a hint, her, that verse. You teach her. Hmm. <laughs> so, important verse. I mentioned that it appears uh, twice in Chaitanya Charitamrita at the end, of course, where the Shikshastakam is being explained, and uh, from the mouth of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in um, speaking to Raghunath Das Goswami, who asked for the opportunity, he asked Sarup Dhammadar, under whose care he was placed, the opportunity to hear directly from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu something. Hmm? some direct instruction. Mahaprabhu avoided it, as I mentioned, because not that he he wanted to hold anything back from um, 
Raghunathas Goswami, but because he felt that Sarup Damodar knew more than him. Sarup Damodar is, is thought to be one of the intimate associates of Radha in Krishna Leela, sometimes described as Lalita, sometimes as Vishaka. These are two group leaders who are, in the sense that they're qualified to be group leaders that defer to Radha and and place themselves under her um, leadership. So, um, they know very much um, about her moods. And so, it was when Mahaprabhu came to Puri, he was ended up ultimately in their hands, with, with Karadhar fading into the, the background a little bit, as under the coaching and good guidance of Sarup and Rai Ramananda, full bhava and person of Radha manifest in him. So Radha had to take a diminished position, hmm, remaining at the Totagopinath um, temple in the service of of uh, uh, Radha Gopinath there. Um, a diminished position of wholeness, really, is what it is, I guess. Because uh, by doing that, he made possible Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's um, ideal, made it possible for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to realize his ideal. Godadhar is the Radha of, of the Gorlila. So he has to step, he, he, she was reluctant to, to, to give him the, what he wanted. Hmm? He had to steal it. He had to... Um, he had to... Uh, she was concerned what it will do to him. Hmm? And, of course, she's also concerned that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God and everybody knows that. And she doesn't know... She may be pushy a little bit <laughs> with Krishna, but otherwise not. Huh? Not to push herself in the forward in the limelight of everyone and just see I control Krishna and this is my position. This is not at all her her sentiment. Although she does, um, she's a little huffy, and uh, <laughs> if you will. And Krishna likes that very much, of course. So, in order for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to actually walk into her her bhava, Godadhar had to step a little to the background, and he had to get the blessings, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu of Sarup Damodar and Roy Ramananda. So, as I mentioned, he he did not uh, avoid, because it was more than once requested by Raghunathas of Sarup Damodar, that could you ask Prabhu, the great Mahaprabhu, if I could have his darshan and get some personal instruction from him. I come all this way, as he did, stealing through the night and the, through the farmlands and forests and the back roads to arrive at Puri to avoid going on the main road where he felt he might be captured by his parents and and um, and guardians and dragged back uh, for his from his madness. So it's great uh, with great difficulty and he, he, he went that distance and so, you know, you know, we want to hear something directly from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but Mahaprabhu held back and resisted and this is why. Not because he didn't want, that he was going to hold something back from Raghunath Goswami, but as I say, he felt, Sarup knows more than I, I'm here to learn from him. I'm here to get his, his blessing. But he did say, something to him finally, and and they were very basic but very important instructions. Don't eat fancy foods, don't wear fancy clothes, don't hear the gossip, and don't engage in gossip, spreading it yourself. Always think of Radha and Krishna in your mind, and Sarup will tell you the rest, he said. And then he said, Trinata peace so this is the second place, a very important, very prominent place that it appears in Chaitanya Charitamrita as an instruction by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself to Raghunathas Goswami, who is thought to be the Prayojan Tattva Acharya. So his 
writings, um, they which came later, uh, largely of course his notes about his life in the in the in the presence of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Puri, and uh, and those of Sarup Damodar are the basis of the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Krishnas had those valuable notes. Hmm. Somehow he got them. Hmm. He had received the blessing from Nityananda Prabhu to go to Vrindavan, order really, go to Vrindavan and all your ambitions will be fulfilled there. Mm. In the night, in a dream, Nityananda came with his, with the Dwadasa Gopals in the dream, giving him a blessing, mm. chanting Krishna, Krishna, and wearing peacock feathers and, and uh, carrying sticks and flutes and horns and he had this extraordinary uh, vision. And he awoke and immediately left for Vrindavan. But somehow he, he had these notes with them, or he got them somehow or other. Hmm? And the diary of Srivadam, which is not uh, available now, it's, it's, it's nowhere to be found. Hmm? And the notes of Raghunath Das Goswami. At any rate, later Das Goswami, after the passing of Mahaprabhu and Srivadam, he went to Vrindavan and there he in due course, he, he, he had the shelter of Rup Sanatan, and he was quite uh, young, but uh, after their passing, he remained on. And on the banks of the Radhakund, he wrote some very elevated literatures, emphasizing the Prayojan, the highest ideal of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, in poetry, and really in trance, where he would enter into the trance and come back and write a verse about it. Hmm. So, a very exalted person, and we might think that Mahaprabhu would give him some very esoteric teaching, but he told him something about the interim goal and how important uh, it is. Hmm. As Krishnadas himself writes about this, he uh, exclaims, really, uh, very boldly he makes a statement, this verse, this verse of Shikshastakam about Nishta is so nice, so, um, I mean, you see, he thinks it's so nice and beautiful. And some people think, oh, I wanted to be a Gaudiya Vaishnava and attain the Radha Prem. And then I heard this verse of Shikshastakam, be more humble than a blade of grass, more tolerant than a tree, and I knew it was not possible. So I gave it up. But to the ears of, of Krishnadas, it's like nectar. This is the, this is the, these are the ornaments of the devotee, fourfold ornaments, humility, tolerance, expecting no honor, giving honor to others. And it brings one into real experiential spiritual life consistently. Hmm? Exclaiming about this verse, he said, this verse, everything is there. Hmm? So much teaching to get there. So much philosophy to get there. Nishta involves engaging the intellect hmm, fully. Hmm? And arriving there Intellect is not needed too much anymore. <laughs> uh, there's consistency in bhakti. It's little intelligence driven. Entering to ruchi, little intelligence is little functioning there, but taste is caring, and then into asakti. Attachment at these three, nishta, ruchi, asakti. This is where you want to go. Getting to nishta, ruchi, asakti. And bhav, the point is, they will come readily. Hmm. Uh, Again, it's a it's a it's really a stage of of deeply uh, experiential spiritual life, even though it is within the realm of sadhana, and the modes of nature are still have a play, and some influence on the devotee, but not sufficient influence to derail his or her practice, consistent practice, which keeps them in touch. Um, with the, um, as I say, with the consistent experience, it's something like um, it's one thing to be on the sun planet, 
and in the sun. And another thing to be moving to the west fast enough that it always remains in, in vision and, and gradually, gradually getting closer as we go around and round and round. Hmm. Uh, if you go fast enough to the west, you'll always be in the rays of the sun, something like this. Hmm. This is Nishta. And it is experiential. And the fourth canto of the Bhagavatam, I believe, Vishwanachakritakur quotes a verse from there in describing Nishta wherein it's mentioned that, 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 that sleep and distraction, two of the five, I guess, uh, kind of mental uh, conditions that are uh, have to be overcome to be fully situated in that stage, to fall asleep during the practice. Uh, and... I don't know, though, sometimes if all of those devotees of ancient times worked as hard as <laughs> I saw some of Prabhupada's disciples stand up not to fall asleep during the class and keel over because they were, <laughs> because they were told, you know, if you're only you can, sleeping more than six hours is uh, in the mode of ignorance, something like that. Of course, then Prabhupada said in the Gita, six or seven, just for your information. And when he formed the League of Devotees, which was before he formed ISKCON, his first effort to form an institution, which didn't get too far, but he had all his his uh, standards and so forth written out, and he had one disciple. Uh, what was his name? Acharya Prabhakar. And, um, and there his policy was, everyone will attend the Mongol Arctic, you know, at 4.30, and so on and so forth, and hear the Bhagavatam class in the morning, and take the prasad and so forth. And after lunch, and they would sleep from 10 o'clock till 4, and 4.30 would be Arctic. Then after lunch, they could sleep for two hours. So he had an eight-hour program in that group there. <laughs> so six to eight, something like that. But some of them were like four and a half, five, and sleep was thought to be pretty bad. So, But then they, sometimes they passed out while driving, and I don't think that was like what... what the, the, what the um, what Vishwanath Chakravarti is talking about, uh, that, uh, or or sleep starvation, I should say, is not the way to to attain nishta. Hmm. Um, anyway, so uh, there's a verse in the fourth canto of the Bhagavatam. I forget the verse, but he cites it and he mentions sleep and distraction being gone, and um, Vishwanath comments that that. With the absence of these, the the theoretical person of Krishna becomes a real and experiential person. Hmm? So one can have the darshan of Krishna hmm? in in this stage. So uh, again, you gather all this theory with intelligence and use your head to soften your heart and sadhanabhinivesh. But uh, uh, absorption in in sadhana, complete absorption in sadhana. This is nishta, and therefore it's experiential, hmm? experiential, powerful. Hmm? So that is what the commentators have emphasized here with regard to the idea that rati or bhava uh, can be attained by sadhana, not just by any kind of sadhana. But by sadhana that comes to nishta, which will readily beget ruchi and asakti. So this is then, therefore, a very useful um, way to look at our path to make a focus on an interim goal. Really, um, it's good to know the theory of the ideal and so forth. But it will naturally manifest within the heart. Hmm? You don't actually have to memorize all the terms and, mm-hmm. and know all the, the, the Sanskrit and so forth. 
But it's very helpful to hear the philosophy and hear the ideal and hear about something about the higher stages and so forth. And we're talking about a higher stage than anyone in in the room has attained. So, that's people don't want to stop there. They want to go, but <laughs> but it's if you understand it properly, it's uh, it's pretty much like the Jivan Mukta stage in Gyan. Hmm? Karma is suspended. Hmm? Hmm. We say, of course, that you don't get the karma that you're supposed to get. Hmm? Many years ago, in, in Navadvip, I dove into the Ganges hmm? head first, and the water was shallow. And so my head went in, and my head went into my my neck. Hmm. It was quite painful. I should have died hmm. from that. Hmm. Bathing in some other river hmm. for no other reason than than swimming. Hmm. But by 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 the grace of my guru, I was in 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 Navadvip, in Mayapur. And bathing in the Ganges, and I got some or some reaction, and I'm still suffering from it today. That that uh, uh, it, it it helps to uh, to keep one um, humble. Hmm? We call it Krishna. Sometimes we used to in this and call it Krishna karma, something like. What was due was one thing. What you got was something else. Krishna's arrangement. In Nishtha it is said that the anarthas that arise from good karma and bad karma, anarthas arise from good karma, from bad karma, from from what else? From aparad, from within the context of bhakti, anarthas will arise, you may become more um balanced person doesn't usually happen but <laughs> you become a more should become a more balanced person and you may get some reputation for example as so he's a big important devotee and then if you get attracted to those waves they're called that's a, then you're rather than cultivating the plant of bhakti you're cultivating the weed so there are these types of anarthas can come, so different types. But and the eradication of them, as we know, is gradual. But the um, anarthas arising from good and bad karma are thought to be eradicated. Uh, I don't know what term he uses. I forget. At at nishta, hmm? complete. complete, absolute, and. After complete comes absolute and something after that, Atyantika yeah. or something. Uh, of course, that, that means that bhava, then completely, mm, all the, um, having completed the stage of sadhana, all the karmic influences is removed entirely, but, um, but to a large extent. Hmm? Uh, in I compared it here, uh, to the Jivan Mukta stage in, in Gyan, where karma is still present for them, their Prabhda karma, because without bhakti, the Prabhda karma cannot be. Um, what was the term we heard today? Ah, Shamsaki, your friend wanted to. What was she going to do with karma? Heal karma or something? <laughs> A lot of ideas out there. She has a friend that does. A milk customer that does, does karmic healing. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's no there's no we are eradication of the karmic influence, and uh, it's possible by bhakti in all of its stages. So it it is in two basic senses. It's in an unmanifest stage and a manifest stage. Within the unmanifest stage, there are stages as well. But these are the two basic categories: parabdha and aparabdha. So, bhakti can eradicate karma at all, both the parabdha and the aparabdha. 
what's the un, what's the manifest and the unmanifest? Where gyan, whereas gyan, you see, karma originates with ignorance, avidya. So gyan uproots the ignorance. So that's the end of karma. Hmm? When you get the gyan, hmm? but the karma that's already in place. That's another thing. It's like if you catch a cold. Okay, well, you got to. There's nothing you can do about it now. You just have to kind of wait for it to pass. So, in the Jivan Mukta stage, of, of in the Gyan Mark, then the Prabhu Karma is is playing itself out, and he's witnessing and not getting involved and getting plugged in. Uh, he has uh, he has illumination, so ignorance of attachment is is uprooted. But in Bhanti, even the Prabhu Karma is removed or or altered. It was state that it's Krishna gives a certain type of karma. It's a very different idea. The term Jivan Mukta is also used in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. It's a nice verse there. What does Rupa Goswami say? Karmana Manasagira Jivan Mukta Suchate. I forget the whole verse, but karma is the essence of Karmana Manasagira when the when the karma when the when one's actions, one's mind, and one's intelligence, words, what fully absorbed in Krishna's service, jivan mukta suchate. He's a jivan mukta. Absorption in Krishna. So this is what we're talking about here in sadhana bhakti. Absorption in sadhana refers to sadhana bhakti. One who is fully absorbed in sadhana bhakti, who is really a sadhaka. Hmm. I've said before that we get at the time of initiation, as Mahaprabhu taught to Sanatana Prabhu, uh, at the time of initiation we get a sadhaka deha, and it's a work, a body of work <laughs> in progress. And so our senses, which the bodies consist of, are in touch with sense objects, and sometimes for their own purposes or mentally conceived purposes that correspond with my mental conception of self and not with my self as a sadhaka. Hmm. And sometimes our senses are in touch with sense objects hmm, for the purpose of serving Krishna. Hmm. And in the, in the, within the, with, the, with the ego of being a sadhaka. Hmm. And so there's this mixture. It's like the similar to the manifestation of the Leela within the world, where there's a mixture. Hmm. There's a meeting ground, actually. Therefore, there are some, some demons in Krishna Leela and so forth. Hmm. And it seems to be some adverse elements and so forth. So, and we should look at it like that. The appearance of Krishna in the world, as it's talked about, corresponds with the appearance of Krishna in, in the world of our our lives, our hearts, hmm. Hmm. his janma. This is, this is uh, like he's born many places, many times in many hearts. And the medium is the diksha. Hmm. Through initiation, he enters the heart. Hmm. And so, <clears throat> when the sadhaka deya is perfected, if you will, or or, or let's say it's not perfected. But it is no longer a mixture. It still needs development. But in Nishta, the the point is that the senses are not in touch with sense objects for any other purpose than to serve Krishna, to to to, to engage in bhakti, hmm, to foster that that which my life is orbiting around the sadhana. Hmm. So. Jiva Goswami, Rupa Goswami said, Jivan Mukta Sujita. We have our own Jivan Muktas. Hmm? And they are those whose Karmana Manasa Gira, I think he says. It means here intelligence. So their their bodies means their work, karma, their action, manasa, their minds, and their intelligence. Intelligence particularly, as I mentioned, pertains to this stage of Nishta, hmm? inasmuch, let's say, for example, that the Nishta stage is described in the Bhagavatam, 
as being what nasta prayeshu abadreshu nityam bhagavata sevaya. So, the stage in which inauspicious things are almost eradicated and one is characterized by regularly nityam bhagavata seva serving the bhagavatam, which comes in two forms, of course, the person bhagavatam and the book bhagavatam. Hmm. But bhagavatam is the is the is the the commentary on the sutras, which are the kind of the logic of all the revealed sound of all the sacred texts, so it requires some all of your brain, all of your intelligence to study the Bhagavatam. Nastapraeshu abadeshu nityam Bhagavatasevi Bhagavati utamashloke bhakti bhavati naishtiki naishtiki means nishta Srinvatam svakata Krishna punya shravana kirtana hridiyantastuvi badrani. Vidunoti Suhitsatam. First comes Anartanavriti Vidunoti Suhitsatam. That's the price. Then this stage. Hmm? Nishta. And Tarajastamo Baba Kamalubrayasha Chitaitaranabitam Sitam Satve Prasidati. From there he actually from Nishta he actually while where the modes may still be not have released one, one is not bound by them to act not, uh, according to their influence. It's a, it's a peculiar kind of a situation. They're there, but they're not powerful enough to derail the sadhaka's practice and focus and bhakti. Mm-hmm. So they may show up in other forms of, let's say, for example, in Nishta, Vishwana Chakravitakura has talked about two types of Nishta. Nishta that is directly related to Bhakti and Nishta that is related to things that are related to Bhakti. And they come up in Mahaprabhu's verse also. Trinada pisa nichina, torora pisa hishtana, amanina manadena, kirtaniya sadahari. So kirtaniya sadahari means to be always chanting the name, literally. Hmm? So that would be fixed in in bhakti herself, so to speak, that which is overtly and directly bhakti, and then to be fixed up in those things that are favorable to bhakti, like humility, gratitude, uh, kindness, jivadoya, kindness to others. These are the things that are mentioned in the um, in Mahaprabhu's verse. So it's, it is possible that someone could be in nishta, but because of the influence of the modes, they could be a little grumpy or something, or um, not not always polite. Uh, and uh, that might be an, uh, uh, not, not seem to be uh, thankful or something. And, um, so uh, the, the modes are there, uh, influencing. Yeah, this is showing up in this way, but it's not able. They're not able to derail his or her practice. And of course, that person in Ishta, yeah, who may be a little rough on the edges in some ways, will nonetheless, of course, understand the tattva. This is an important point. He will understand the tattva. Hmm. Um, the intermediate devotee, similar idea. Hmm with deep faith, as described by Rupa Goswami, is familiar with the argument. He cannot maybe make all the argument and effectively defeat others, but they, but he or she knows, has enough feeling for it to know, that's right, that doesn't sound right. So I just say this because there are people that are like, chanting 16 rounds and they're kind of mean and, and, and that's not who I'm talking about because they're mean and they're very sectarian and and um, we see sometimes that they don't understand the, the teaching they commit Vaishnava Parad and all in the name of being very strict and staunch and, and so forth hmm. no, initially there should be some softening of the heart because we're coming in touch with the reality of our finiteness in the face of the finite, infinite, 
And as I said, in this stage, rules and regulations become realizations. And, and, and so the rules may be explained in different ways, dynamically, according to time and circumstance, and, and draw out the implications of them, and so on and so forth, rather than just something that you have memorized and repeated, and you know, now you think you've got, you've got it, something like that. So it's a deeply experiential uh, um, stage. Hmm. And of course, with regard to these two types of nishta, nishta or steadiness in relation to things that are favorable to bhakti and bhakti herself directly, they really, there may be some rare instance, I want to say, where, as I have, the bhakti may be steady, but the other uh, steadiness with regard to what's favorable to bhakti and those qualities may not be there, but generally they will be. And it is possible, on the other hand, to be steady with regard to those things that are favorable to bhakti and not have steadiness in bhakti. But Mahabharata has put them together, and 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 he has really mandated that both of them need to be in place. He has said in his verse that by putting the things that are favorable to bhakti in place in terms of being steady in those, then one can be steady. In, in 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 relation to bhakti herself hmm? and then one can and this is the point as I was beginning uh, that that uh, Krishna Kaviraj has made speaking on behalf of Mahaprabhu through his pen as he as he prefaces introducing this third verse of the Shikshastakam there he says that um, Mahaprabhu hmm, said and felt that by chanting in this way, absorbed in sadhana, hmm, one will very quickly get prem. This is the way to get prem. Hmm. The other thing I was saying about Krishna Das is how he so much appreciated this verse hmm, when he heard it, when he wrote it again in Chaitanya Charjamrita and said, and Mahaprabhu told Raghunath Das Goswami, and then with great uh, with great joy and enthusiasm and love for the implications of this verse, he says, listen everyone, all devotees, take this verse and wear it like a garland around your neck and chant the holy name. Tell it everywhere. Hmm? Yeah, so he magnifies this uh, this verse. He broadcasts it, really, in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Hmm? And here it comes again in Rupa Goswami's uh, description of how we will attain rati, hmm? the normal way, the standard way, by sadhana. As I said earlier, we may wonder sometimes, well, what is the sadhana and where does the mercy leave off where does the sadhana begin? So, again, mercy means, by mercy of the devotee or the mercy of of Krishna, it means without any sadhana that we can see. Maybe by previous life, certainly some association is there in what they did in that life, but it, at least in this life it appears that they just... Uh, suddenly, or there are examples. Um, the, the example of Prahlad is there. Let's look at that. With regard to the mercy of a devotee, Narada was merciful to him, hmm? and he spoke the Bhagavatam to his mother when his mother was pregnant hmm? with the intention to bless the child. Hmm? who was the son of Ranyakasipu, who was a problem. Hmm? And so the demigods were concerned the son would be a problem. The demigods wanted to abort him. Hmm? Hmm? And, of course, Nard had a, a different approach and turned him into a bhakta hmm? within the womb. Hmm? His previous life is there also how he observed the codicy in the temple with a, with a working lady <laughs> in the abandoned temple. Hmm. 
Anyway, it gives him some background, <laughs> some background with bhakti. <laughs> it's a long story there. Um, but uh, they had gone uh, to have union in, in, in an old, it was in, in the forest, an old abandoned temple, Vishnu. Hmm? But they argued and never went forward, and they stayed up the whole night arguing. So they stayed up in the Vishnu temple all night on Ekadasi. So I got some Sukriti for that. But anyway, there's some past, it would appear, hmm? to um, uh, those who attain by mercy. Hmm? But mercy without practice, and conversely, mercy, practice along with mercy. Hmm? So the example of a devotee in Vaidhi Bhakti who attained Rati by... Uh, what is it? By, by Sadhana is, is Narada, and he came in the association of the, the Bhakti Vedantas, as Prabhupada refers to them. Some devotees were taken shelter at, at, Prahlad, at uh, Narada's mother's house, the maidservant. She, she was a maidservant. She was a, she was a, a mother without a, without a husband and son. Hmm. And uh, they didn't discriminate. They came there. They stayed for four months, recited the Bhagavatam. They gave Prahlad, or excuse me, Nard, permission to take the remnants of their food and told him, this is Mahaprasad, and gave him the blessing to practice and so forth. Hmm. But um, this, is, this is an example of Nard, someone who attained by sadhana. So it's not without any mercy, but we know... In the verses where Nara describes his life, he describes the stage of Nishta, Ruchi, um, Asakti, and Prem, and going through them all. Hmm. So, sadhana is not without any mercy, obviously, and to attain by mercy is without any apparent sadhana. But again, that is the rare, and we don't live our life without working with the idea that it's possible we'll win the lottery, so we don't. Um, I hear the devotees sometimes say, I'm banking on the you know, Kripa Siddhi. You know, we should bank on them by, by sadhana, some effort. We should, I've often said before, we should work, do make effort in bhakti as if it was entirely dependent upon effort while full knowing hmm, that without grace it's not, it's not possible. Hmm. Make that kind of effort. Certainly, here was Rup Shakti is not um, uh, blind. Indeed, hmm. very, very, very generous. So we'll come and bless those with effort. Look at Mother Yasoda. She was blessed with being able to do the impossible, to tie Krishna hmm, up with only the ribbon from her hair. Hmm. By when she made an effort, and how? What was her effort? She tried to gather all the rope in Vrindavan. They said the ladies were looking over the wall and throwing rope. Get more and get more. And it said that the cowherds, for when they have nothing to do, they make rope. It's so useful. So all the rope. The implication is something like that. All the rope in Vrindavan was gathered and thrown over the over the wall and tied together to her original the blue ribbon in her hair. Hmm. And still he could not be tied. But the, the point here is the measure of the effort is the length of that rope hmm. and the tying it together. Hmm. Of course, her, her effort was based on the idea that Krishna was going to run away from home. Hmm. Yeah, she didn't tie him up to... to to, to chastise him, but that's how it came off. That's another thing. Is that it was another uh, part of the story? But uh, out of affection for him, hmm. so. But effort and that effort, he saw that effort and her perspiring, tying the ropes together, trying to bind him, and he let her, and she could suddenly do it with with the with the original ribbon, hmm. and. And bound so strong 
by that ribbon hmm, that he could pull down the two Yamalarjuna trees and that not and the ribbon would not break. He put the the mortar between the two trees and pulled them down. How strong is his 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 mercy for those who make little effort. Nehebakumanashusti Pratyavana Vidite when Krishna begins to speak about bhakti in the Gita in the second chapter, first he tells Arjuna, you're not the body, gives him a little bit of knowledge. Rupa Goswami says, a little bit of knowledge and detachment can be useful. It's, they are not angas of bhakti, but they can be a little useful in the beginning. To get a little bit of that. Theoretically, something like that. So we find that in the Gita. Krishna gives a little bit of theoretical knowledge. He says, he talks about the sat aspect of the self. You don't die. Anyate anyamane sharire. You don't die when the body dies. He goes on about it uh, for a number of verses. And then, having concluded that section, some theoretical knowledge, he says, now we're going to get practical and do something about it. That's called yoga. Hmm? And the very first mouth, word, verse out of his lotus mouth is this verse, Neha Bikramanashvasti Pratyabhaya Vidyate Svalpamapiyasya Dharma Sitrahati Matubhayat. This is about bhakti. The chapter is about bhakti and nishkam karma. But he begins, let's get a, the full face of yoga here. We're going to talk about yoga, the means. Talk about bhakti. Svalpamapiyasya Dharma Svalpam. Svalpam. A little bit. A little effort in this. He said, it goes along. We will never be, go in vain. Hmm? The implication by contrast is all effort hmm, in other paths unto themselves without bhakti will all go in vain. Whether it be karma marg, gyan marg, or yoga marg. Hmm. In karma marg, it's particularly frightful because just a little, mis- just a little mistake, and everything is ruined. You could, you could get the opposite result. That, that example is there in the Bhagavatam. But he, he chanted, he wanted an enemy, Vinder, and he got Indra as his enemy, or something like that. Uh, he got the opposite uh, problem. Hmm. Examples there to make, to emphasize this this point, hmm? and similarly in gyan. I mean, but you, you go further in gyan than you can in karma, but only to the jivan mukta, and then arui kachena parama param tatapatam tiadho dandityushmanangaya. All that effort in gyan, hmm? and having gone so far, just to go back. Hmm? Just to return to that, because of what? Hmm? What is the verse? Uh, uh, third line. It said. Hmm. The one you just said. Yeah. Because of not having any regard for bhakti. Gyan hmm? is described as. By Lord Brahma, after he, in the Brahma Vimohan Leela, after he, when he prayed to Krishna, is if you take two husks of rice and rub them together, and the rice all falls out, and then you take the husks and offer them. What is that? <laughs> uh, this is gyan. Hmm? In yoga, also. Hmm? So, and it, meanwhile, by contrast, a little bit of bhakti and you got Krishna's attention. Hmm. You see, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And we know that. Hmm. There are many talented people. Hmm. And he was, uh, he was playing real good for free. It's an old song. Hmm. <laughs> How's that go? Uh, it's... it's uh, about a, a street musician, by a great musician. She wrote a song about a street musician. And he's, he, uh, people passed him by because he wasn't on the TV screen. 
<laughs> but he was playing real good for free. So, <laughs> so it's not what you know always, and that's the way this world works, but who you know. You can be a, what's that girl's name, that lady? She always reminds me of this, this principle. Um, well, this one in particular. The one who knows famous people. Her father is famous. Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton, yeah. <laughs> it's not what you know or even how you look, but what do you know? <laughs> so, so it is. If you know Krishna, and to know him, is to, to love him is to know him, right? That means you know him. If you start doing bhakti, that you know something about Krishna. Hmm? Otherwise, you don't know anything about Krishna. If you start practically serving him, then and then you get his attention. And then what is your position? I mean, who is Krishna? If he, if you know him, if he knows, if he, and of course you serve him by liking his devotees and serving them, those things that are dear to him, you get his attention. You just, well, you've kind of won the lottery there. You, you met the right person. Hmm? You, you, you know someone who counts, so to speak. So it's very powerful, is the idea. Hmm? And a little effort in this of eternal benefit. That doesn't mean we should only make a little effort. That's to say, if by a little effort, this is the result, what to speak of by a lot of, this is the logic used in that verse, the what to speak of logic. What is that called? It's a Bengali name for that kind of logic, or Sanskrit. Hmm. I forget. I probably used to use the term, not to speak of, what to speak of. And I was always trying to figure, is that an, actually an English phrase? Or what to speak of? Not not to speak of. More standard is not to speak of. He would say, what to speak of. So, anyway, it it's a kind of it's a Sanskrit grammar, I guess. It's a, it's a logic, or... That, that if by this, then what to speak of by making a full effort, which is he is so worthy of, hmm? isn't it? Hmm? You just know a little bit about him, hmm? and in the sense of being a servant of his, and that you're you're spoken for, so to speak. He's one of mine, something like that. Hmm? So how worthy then he is, does he have more attention and effort and so forth. So this is the way, the standard way to bhava, to rati. Hmm? Absorption in sadhana. Hmm? Hmm. This is the beginning of sadhana bhakti. It's a generous term. But when it comes to nishta, hmm, in the earlier stages it's it's a more of a generous term. But in nishta, then those senses are all engaged. The mind is engaged. The intelligence is engaged. Engaged. When sadhaka day is is fully engaged, and it will develop then. Hmm? Hmm. And the modes of nature that are there, but can't influence. They can make you a little weird, I suppose, uh, as I was saying, but not interfere with your bhakti. Hmm? And the desires that are there, but are not allowed to fructify. Hmm? They just can't, because it's just they're like seeds that you're pouring the water of bhakti on, and you're just drowning them out, flooding them. Hmm? They, they're there, but they can't sprout. Hmm? This is actually a, a, a def, definition of a uh, one of the types of Mahabhagavatas mentioned by. Uh, Jiva Goswami in Bhakti Sandarva, and he gives the example of Nard. We are talking about Nard as an example of one who attained Rati or Bhava by Sadhana. Hmm? And his story goes that, of course, he, in brief, he, he got the blessing of the, the Bhakti Vedantas to practice, and they left, and his mother died, and he burned the whole house down for the funeral. Hmm. Based on the knowledge he had, and said, and he walked off, hmm. and uh, he was 
completely um, uninvolved in the world, not distracted by the world. That I talked about sleep, distraction, apathy, uh, emotional repression, and still kind of addiction to sense enjoyment. These are five things that have to be overcome to have fully attained the stage of Nishta. He had no distraction. Hmm? And he ended up in the forest where he was practicing his mantra and Krishna appeared before him. Hmm? Hmm. And then he disappeared. Krishna said, I've appeared to show you I'm real. Hmm? And I disappeared because you're not, you're a kuyogi. You're you're not really a full yogi. You're attached to the forest. Hmm? Wow. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so, hi, 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 Satvaguna. Hmm? Lower modes of nature were, were really not functioning in his life. Hmm? He had a darshan, like a inishta. You can have darshan. Hmm? And this examples given Nardamuni of one type of Mahabhagata. What's the Sanskrit term? Nirduta Kashai. Sridhar described it something like the the the, the, the Bhagavat Praptadeha, the third type of Mahabhagavat. He has that means who's attained a spiritual body. The example of Jiva Goswami Bhagasandarbha is Nardamuni. After he got his Vina got his spiritual body from Krishna. Hmm. He was awarded a spiritual body. And then on the other end, there's three, so that's the third highest. And the first is Narada Muni again, hmm, in the stage which I described in the forest when he had darshan. And then Krishna disappeared just to drive him on, hmm, to show him, I'm here. Keep, 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 keep coming. Hmm. And so, and then in the middle stage is the examples given of Sukadeva Goswami, who had no... no no attachment. Hmm. Sri described the three anyway like this. The Bhagavat Prapta, he has two feet in the spiritual world, extends one here. Hmm. The middle one has one foot here, extends one there. Hmm. And the other one, arguably the Nishta one, hmm, has two feet here, but her eyes are always there. Hmm. Can't be distracted. Hmm. And eyes means all the senses are there, only for serving Krishna. Hmm. That's all you have to do. Hmm. And then very quickly you'll attain Richie, Nishta, uh, Asakti, and Bhava. This is an emphasis here in this section. Hmm. By Sadhana, don't wait for the lottery. Your, your sadhakas, mercy is there also, just the opportunity to take the sadhana. Hmm. Follow the example of great devotees and protect your, perfect your sadhaka deha. Come to nishta, and like I said, it's all downhill from there. Sri Goswami, Prabhupada, Ki Any question? Yes. I'm still not really understanding when you were talking about the three types. Um, <clears throat> when you are giving the analogy of like the fee- I understood the last one, and that was describing Nishya, but what about the, can you elaborate on the other, the first two? Well, Nard was under the, still under the influence of the modes of nature, hmm? but they weren't able to affect his bhakti, hmm? right? First stage of Nard, Krishna appeared to him, disappeared, hmm? right? So he had two feet in this world, because he was not freed from the, influence of the modes of nature, but his eyes were fixed and he couldn't be distracted. That's Nard. The second example is Sukadeva Goswami. Sukadeva Goswami was beyond the modes of nature. Hmm? He was a Jivan Mukta. Hmm? Of course, we're arguing that Nishta is like Jivan Mukta in Bhakti, but um, but he, uh, different from Nard, had no... Well, he was free from the modes of nature, let's say. So he has, he, he's free from the modes of nature, but he doesn't have attachment for Krishna. Hmm? So he's got one foot there, he's extending. Sugadev is characterized in the Bhagavatam as being a liberated soul, but then he got bhakti. Hmm? 
So he was a liberated soul. His father, he, he left home, went to the forest. His father sent a woodcutter with verses from the Bhagavatam to sing them in the woods that his son might hear them. And when he heard those songs from the verses from the Bhagavatam describing Krishna Lila, it created a revolution in his heart. Although he was already liberated, hmm? um, and so he, in a sense, metaphorically, had one foot now extended there. The typical idea of the way in which Sukadeva Goswami is primarily used in the Bhagavatam is that he's a liberated soul, but still he was attracted to the Bhagavatam. So we see in Gyan, liberation means you're free from the modes of nature and karma, that's it. He was free from the modes of nature and karma, and he was in this world, but he was free from it as a Jivan Mukta, but he didn't have bhakti. So he needed to extend one leg there to get bhakti. Then the other leg would go also, eventually. But the third kind is like Narada Muni, after he attained his day, he's floating around the world, as they say, you know, never touching the ground with his vena, and uh, <laughs> and he got a different body. The way he's, you know, thought about whatever described in the text is different than his his uh, his his body as the son of a maidservant. Hmm? You follow? Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Yes. Talk about the two types of nishta, where one is fixed in chanting, and then the other type, which is conducive, like the humility, tolerance, and offering veneration to others. It seems like that bhakti allows those kind of qualities to come out in a person. Is that, or but you you kind of talk like it might be the reverse, like that bhakti comes from having humility and tolerance and veneration. Well, these things are favorable to bhakti. Hmm. They're favorable to bhakti. They do come out of bhakti, no doubt. <laughs> But part of bhakti is cultivating things that are favorable to bhakti. We cultivate that which is favorable to bhakti and we avoid that which is not favorable to bhakti. So later, in a higher stage of humility, for example, which is one of the qualities we're talking about, Sanatana Goswami says, in, in, in Prem there's humility, and the humility get, begets bhakti, and the bhakti begets humility, and, the, and back and forth. So one causes the other to increase. Humility increases the bhakti, the bhakti increases the humility. The humility increases, and the bhakti increases, and this goes on forever. Hmm. All right. So we'll stop there. Shri Goswami Prabhupada ki jai. Jai Shri Guru Vishnu Guru Parampara ki jai. Gorada Madhava ki jai. Gor Bhakta Brinda ki jai. Gor Premanandi. Vanchakal Patrubhya Chak Vasindhi Vacha Patitanam